0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fundamentals Podcast. My name is Elliot, and I'm here with Peter Rollins. It's a lovely uh, Tuesday evening. Um, I'm in my dressing gown. You're in your dressing gown. You're in your negligee, and you look wonderful. It's satin, as always. And um, this is a cozy, low-key, kind of mid hustle and bustle po- episode of the fundamentalist this is a podcast where we talk about life through the lens of philosophy and psychoanalysis and um theology at times and all the fun sorts of fun stuff and i do comedy and pete does philosophy and it's a really fun we have fun conversations here um
1: but <clears throat> well, we're doing this just before well you go away tomorrow you're, you're away to uh, new york to new york very nice yes sir i am going to brooklyn new york
0: and I'm staying with in a Airbnb with my brother and my mother. We're gonna have a yeah. sons and do- uh, sons and mother trip. Very and nice.
1: yeah it's gonna be really nice
0: i get to see my first i didn't Broadway know, play
1: i didn't know you were doing stand-up there either until i saw your instagram we don't uh we don't tell each other what we're doing very often no, so you we got don't. a stand-up show Sometimes Obviously,
0: it's like we're living separate lives yes sometimes doing different <laughs> things but there is yeah there is time where it's like oh i didn't know you were doing that. oh cool yeah yeah no that's um, good because
1: i thought you were just going out purely to see family but you got a show i do have a show
0: yeah i was offered a show um by a buddy named eric schmidt who i Uh, went to high school with and so he he's like my the person i know when i go out to Uh, new york and so yeah he i was super excited because it's such a cool show and it's like one of those new york shows that like gets packed and it's super popular super good comedians like really 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 good lineup and so i'm really excited to to do it and i had a really good show last week so i'm I'm excited to be getting slowly back into stand-up after taking a little bit of a um a hiatus anyway yeah all that said, I'm leaving for New York tomorrow. You're leaving for Belfast on Next Monday. Week. Monday, yeah. So, and then you're already getting things packed up. You're getting ready to go. I've got, you got so much I'm s- carrying. It's crazy,
1: yeah. Because I, I, I've got a festival and um, I'm giving everybody umbrellas and a copy of my graphic novel and also other things. Yeah. And so I've packed three massive bags and I've been weighing them to work out if I can get them on the on the plane. So uh, we're going and to definitely I'm definitely crossed. going to be at the very limit of yeah. what I'm allowed. It seems
0: uh, it seems like such a hassle, man. <laughs> it you know. really seems like what you're going through right now. I feel for
1: you because I'm going to buy horrible. clues out in Belfast. Well, like I'm going to like, yeah yeah. You're buying shorts and socks, socks in, or, Belfast, in, in Belfast. You can yeah. you can
0: afford or not afford, but you can you have enough space for your nineteen thousand books. But, yes, fifty umbrellas. That takes up yeah. a lot of space. And you're saying umbrellas, right? Yeah. What do you call them? I don't know, but it sounded different when you said it a second. Did ago, it sounded a little bit a little off. But um anyway, so we're a little tired. We're we're kind of running around, but um we're we want to keep doing this podcast. And so Pete, what are we talking about today?
1: Okay. Well, uh we were talking about the idea of the non-castrated other. It's something we've talked about before in the podcast, but there's a few different angles you can take on it i love this conversation um, yeah. i love this
0: topic oh yeah. here we go buckle um, up everybody i love stuff that has to do with
1: testicles of any kind absolutely your favorite your yeah. favorite topic um and so yeah the non other is you know the term for our fantasy that there's somebody out there that you, you, freud actually had a term called the primordial father and um i was thinking about him when you who was the guy you showed me on in instagram who has the has this crazy life on Instagram? You're talking about my role model, yes, uh, Dan Bilzerian. Dan <laughs> Bilzerian. So he is kind of like a, the primordial father. He's
0: um, the stud, right? Yeah. He's just like the the horse that you take around to, yeah. He's just that guy.
1: Yes, but it, it's a total fantasy because that's the thing with the primordial father. The primordial father was this figure who was like all powerful and controlled, and the tribal group, and eventually everyone got together and killed him and then felt guilty. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it's this fantasy of someone who is having all the fun you're not, all the sex you're not, all the friendships you're not, has the, all the money that you don't have, whatever it is, some other fantasized other, he has it all and uh, we often hate them so i thought we could like you know talk a little bit about that subject because it's an interesting one
0: yeah the subject is fun because for one we talked a little bit about it being kind of similar to our live episode um where we talk about the idea of castration um and castration you mean in terms of lack which is super cool um and the idea of the non castrated other being this fantasy of the fantasy of the non is that what it is? The fantasy of the non castrated yeah. other, or is it okay?
1: You can, yeah, you can call it that. There's a number of terms, really, but that's a good way of it. That's my favorite. Have, yeah, yeah, I think it just yeah. sounds so cool. Yeah, um, and, but, and it's all related to the lack. I would love to actually uh, get a bit deeper into that notion for a bit, and then that'll be a springboard.
0: Yeah, I uh, the notion of the non the lack of lack. Okay, great. Yeah,
1: because because people, whenever so. Um, An idea that I've explored loads in my books and stuff, but is this notion that we Most of us feel a lack in our lives. Uh, It's kind of a universal thing There's some people who don't but that's a you know, that's its own problem But many of us feel like we're lacking. We're not the person we want to be. We don't have what we want to have You know, it's the basis of the self-help industry, etc. etc. And there's kind of two responses to that usually what you know one is yes we're lacking something and we can fill that lack we've got this gap in our being and through religion or through money or through fame we can fill it
0: or meditation meditation yeah. yeah
1: and then there's others who say well there is no lack it's a pure illusion you know you're not lacking anything you're already whole and complete and all you need to do is see the truth yeah kind of right yeah and i like that one yeah the kind of like the the kind of Lacanian notion is uh, is is neither of those, and this is this is the interesting thing is that they're both wrong, but they're both right. They both have something, mm-hmm. um, you know. So the, the the people who say, "Well, lack is real," I feel like I'm not who I want to be. Which the the word for that, by the way, is guilt. Guilt is simply the experience of not living up to something you think you should live up to.
0: Um. I want to show you the second season of Big Mouth on mm-hmm. Netflix. It's so good. It's this animated show. It's by John Mulaney and Nick Kroll, and um, they're the main. It's about puberty and adolescence. But one of the episodes that I watched in the second season introduced a new character. And so basically, these are these are young teenagers. And they're surrounded. They have their their hormone monsters follow them around, and they're these the vile sort of mythical looking creatures yeah. that tell them what to do and and are completely hormonally driven. So, and then one of them ends up with this really decrepit uh, hormone monster. It's super funny. Mm-hmm. But there's a particular episode where the John Mulaney you know kid, this middle schooler is it like a pool party or something and it's an animated show it's incredibly vulgar so if you're listening right now and it and and you're like don't get vulgar this is going to get a little vulgar Mm -hmm. but basically this kid goes into a bathroom at a pool party and sees a swimsuit hanging from a girl like an older sister care like an older you know the sister of his friends type of thing so he's in there and he sees the swimsuit and he like goes and he he's he's like in his mind the hormone monster appears or whatever and he's like yeah he's like you're going to want to like get in there you're going to want to do some stuff to that thing you're going to you know uh basically masturbate and so yeah. he does and he's he he gets walked in on by the girl who his it was her swimsuit and she sees him and she's just like oh my oh my god oh my god oh like and just like laughs and like runs away but they introduce a character called shame and it's one of the best (laughs) it's so well handled because the hormone monster is the sort of bombastic like god the id sort of you know just like yeah. you know, all your your primal desires and then this guy named shame comes in and he's this skeezy like vampire dracula looking guy who's very judgmental and all mm-hmm. of a sudden the kid's in a court and he's having to like defend himself and they're like at the end of the day you're just a bad person you are <laughs> bad and it basically just expl- it's like the introduction of the idea of shame to this kid and it's, it reminds me so much of the adam and eve story and all that Stuff. Yeah, it's a beautiful oh, very good yeah a beautiful vulgar episode of of comedy yeah
1: i like that so they personify all of these experiences mm-hmm. that's that's very good i think it's very clever oh, when they dude, do that
0: the episode ends with shame um like after the kid's kind of getting over it it just shows him going to sleep at night and shame the character of shame is there in his bedroom and he's got the hormone monster locked in a metal cage and (laughs) i was like oh my god i was like what a beautiful metaphor for what it is to grow up in like a conservative world as a teenager because it's like oh that's what it is it's the shame shackles the the hormones anyway yeah I'm sorry for that tangent. I thought about it because. And
1: the, funny enough, in, and from the Freudian perspective, is that those two are very intertwined. That shame and uh, this uh, hormone monster or whatever, the id, are actually, um, they feed off each other. Oh, God, So they, they look they like they're opposites, that. but I they're not. I hope
0: they do that. I yeah. really do. I love, one of my favorite things to see in, right now in pop culture is Freudian stuff pop up and not in an uno- unofficial ways. Yeah. It's yeah. like you, it, we talked about this a little bit, but you see the like, i remember what was i doing i was filming this thing for the science and entertainment exchange and i was talking to a a scientist and i was talking about psychoanalysis for a second and uh and we got into that stuff and he was like well you know none of that all that stuff's old it's all disproven it's all whatever and i'm like it's so funny that people have that sort of knee-jerk defensiveness about psychoanalysis and yet when you you can see freudian stuff pop up constantly right now i just think it's like it's super interesting yeah yeah Yeah. it's
1: infiltrated our society so much actually that that interestingly we we use a lot of freudian ideas in our everyday speech you know like in terms of you go like oh they're you know they're repressing something or you know the millennia they're defensive you know they're all of this kind of stuff they're in denial you know these are all terms that actually uh like the stages or whatever is that your reference well or defense mechanisms they're all the defense mechanisms that anna freud really developed but um but yeah so shame and well guilt especially is that sense of we're not living up to you know we're not who we want to be so the people who go like we, we definitely have a lack you know that's that seems obvious and then the other side you go well you know what does that mean like are we really lacking something like the idea that there's some there's some gap within us so, um especially if everyone feels a lack
0: i mean for the yeah. most part obviously there's outliers in any situation but it's kind of ubiquitous to feel a lack so you would think if everyone feels a lack at some point we just go maybe there's no maybe there's not a lack
1: yeah and also you know that if the, everyone has it you know if everyone has it yeah yeah because yeah. it's only a lack
0: or, in comparison to yes fullness, to an imagined but if fullness. no one has fullness but that leads us to the fantasy yeah. of the non castrated yeah. other. okay cool. <laughs> yeah now we're
1: back um so but within the kind of Lacanian perspective, and this comes from Freud as well, but you see it in the work of people like Shizek and Sipanchek, is that the lack does not exist, but it insists. Um, it is there, but, it, but, it's, but it's not there. <laughs> and one of the best ways for me to describe this is actually an example from back in Northern Ireland, where the second major city in Northern Ireland is called, well, here's the problem. It's got two names, right? And depending on what you call the city, you're either from a Catholic nationalist perspective and background or you're from a Protestant and Unionist background.
0: Signifier.
1: Yeah, signifier. And it, during the troubles, it was very difficult because you, the, depending on how you named the city, you could, if you set it in the wrong place, uh, you could get beaten up or worse, right? So, cause it was I would just say the latitude
0: of, and longitudinal coordinates. What's that? I would just say the latitude and ah, longitudinal, yeah. longitudinal coordinates.
1: I mean yeah. it's this degree
0: is this, this degree is that.
1: Then you then you're fine, yep. yep. <laughs> well, yeah, so the city there you, that was a dilemma. There was no way of calling the city anything neutral. Um, and then the, the journalists, some journalists started to call it dairy stroke Londonderry. So cause because if you called it dairy, you were from the nationalist background. If you called it Londonderry, you were from a unionist background, basically. And so journalists would say, uh, Derry stroke Londonderry. And then there was a radio host called Jerry Anderson, and he started calling it Stroke City. Uh, so he just named it Stroke City, which is he named the gap between Derry and Londonderry. Just the stroke? Just the stroke. So he named it Stroke, stroke City. Yeah. So it's good. It's a good, it was a nice, a nice move. And this is a good example of what the lack is with for Lacan, which is... There is only one city, right? There is not two cities. There isn't Derry and Londonderry. There's just one one city in reality. But it is perceived in two radically different ways. You can name it in two different ways. And and the way you name it uh, defines how you understand that city and its makeup. And there's no compromise between Derry and Londonderry. If you call it Derry, you likely want a United Ireland. If you call it Londonderry, you come from a community that, that wants to keep northern ireland part of the united kingdom so there's only one city in reality but in language there is a cut there is a distortion um and that is what the lack is the lack is um not something that exists in reality but exists within subjectivity within our language within Mm -hmm. symbols
0: i like this podcast i like the podcast that we do the fundamentalists
1: I think we do good stuff. It's fun.
0: Um, This is a fun episode. I like this stuff a lot. I think what's cool about it is there's a through line from, or not maybe a through line, but at least a similarity between this episode and the last of like, if you just follow logic or if you just follow reason, um, you can arrive at two different conclusions. And so therefore reason itself and logic and all these things have lack you know, and there's, there's something isn't adding up and all this stuff. And I love, yeah. I love that. It's there cool. you
1: go. Yeah. I mean, a good and a good way of thinking about it as well as a painting. If you want, if you look at a painting that has perspective, um, and you have trees in the foreground and you have a mountain in the background, uh, there is no distance in the painting. The painting is a flat surface, but you perceive a distance within it. And, um, the distance allows you to actually make sense of the painting. So the distance is real but it's real in a sense of it exists within your subjectivity not within the painting itself but it is it is real as in it it is what fundamentally helps you interpret and understand the painting
0: isn't that so, the whole idea of like the uh the painting it's like this is not a pipe or whatever it is what, Oh, yes. A uh, yeah 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 or yeah it's like yeah. this is not um, a crete, is it yeah this yeah. is not a pipe yeah is that what it is this is not a pipe well no Whereas this is, this is this not is... a something or other but it's the same it's the idea of like it's this is a depiction of and therefore you're assume you are saying it's a pipe but really it's a two-dimensional
1: yes I think that, I think that's different okay set, well I think it's different set, like, I think there's something very clever going on with uh, this is not a pipe yeah. but I'm just talking about like a, a painting with foreground yes. and background so it's it's more that, <laughs> that I'm just
0: talking about vision yeah <laughs> uh, yeah man that's that's very uh, uh, I like all that so the fantasy yeah. of the non-castrated other yeah the lack so we're talking yeah. about or are you still going with the lack? well yeah just, just want to wanna, yeah,
1: just to clarify that that's what is meant by the lack is it it's like it's like a distortion within our social mm-hmm. reality a necessary distortion that um, that means that we can never feel complete so, yeah, so once we got what well, I just wanted to clarify because so many people talk about it as like a almost like a thing, yeah, or or, or, or as a nothing. So, mm-hmm. it either exists or it doesn't exist, but this means it doesn't exist or not exist. It insists,
0: it, the in, yeah, not the existing, insisting is very cool. It, yeah. I mean, it sounds it's like kind of a, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it. I would to be a critic or a cynical person, I would say that to exist and insist or not opposite words so like like it sounds really catchy but i the the message that it sends is perfectly well, yes well, no, no, it, like i mean it's because
1: it's, this isn't a philosophy podcast so we can't get into the the technical side of it Ooh, but i wait! but i but no but they're different in a sense of to exist means it is like is like the painting, the distance doesn't exist. Yes. It doesn't exist. But it insists. But it insists, as mm-hmm. in it it, it makes its, uh, it, it makes an impression on the brain. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like in philosophy, it's, it is an important difference between existence and insistence. Oh, totally. Like yeah, a yeah. virtual reality. Only, I, would, I was only saying oh, yeah.
0: those are oh, two totally
1: different things. Oh, totally different. I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah. I said, so something can weirdly not, like society doesn't exist. It is it says if you took all people out of the world, you wouldn't have a thing called society. But society does insist you can't talk about society. Ooh, great, yeah.
0: great analogy. So
1: there's something interesting. Uh, but yeah. So there's there's a there's a Lacanian notion of lack.
0: Yeah, I like um, all that. That's real fun stuff. Yeah. So you, um, you know, what's interesting? I got a, a message from a guy who um, I've spoken with. He's a, a listener. His name is Damien. I don't remember his last name. You may mm-hmm. know who he is. But he basically, in response to the um, the live episode that we did Mm -hmm. he mentioned that you and me seem like people seem to be seem to have an element of the the non-castrated other like there is a like we which is so funny (laughs) but i mean it makes some sense because we live in it's a peculiar you know it's a a unique situation but like there's it's it's funny to be on the receiving end of the fantasy of the non-castrated other and be like oh someone thinks that i'm yeah, that I am not lacking. Yeah, I got it figured which is
1: crazy. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. but
0: obviously I you know play up my yeah my shit a little bit because things are great. But like st- yeah,
1: but and sadly because because you especially, but no, not even you especially. But I was thinking like as a as a more popular figure than me, you know, as a public figure Thank you. type, you know. But you you know one of the rules of Hollywood and and public figures is to give a fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like I saw something about The Rock, isn't it The Rock? Um, and you know you look at him. It's, uh, and it, you know, it looks like he's got this incredible life and he does have an incredible life, but it's like, um, I think I used the example before where I met a director who had an amazing life driving this incredible car. And then I found out the car was being lent yeah, to him yeah, yeah. because he didn't have enough money. Yeah, it and good, the, yeah. So it was like so, so much fiction and that uh, uh, Hollywood is, is really the non-castrated other for most of American society, yeah. like Hollywood stars are at least in which is great yeah yeah.
0: but it was interesting when you know when i know my own personal like just i mean good god like there's (laughs) it's so funny to like i was it was kind of goes back to that uh meeting that guy the singer guy from the coincidences episode ricky um that thing of like oh the artist is done and you're like oh like being in this for long enough, You're like oh yeah good get get out yeah. get out while you can't get what you can get out and yeah. make a, a happy life for yourself and then people look upon this lifestyle and they go like oh that that must be so perfect and amazing yeah. and wonderful and it yeah. is at times which yeah. is what's interesting this is the part about the the fantasy of the non-castrated other or the idea of the non-castrated other that i think is so interesting is like i do sometimes not feel that lack i don't you know and do you know what i'm saying it's like that's where i think there is some value in things like medit. not some value there's a lot of value in things like meditation and mindfulness because it can alleviate that that constant sense of lack like when you can find certain pockets of peace and you can find certain pockets of whatever i like that i found value in it i think it's super fun but i don't buy i don't buy into it so much to think that I'm breaking through and becoming one with everything, or something like that. Like I just yeah. don't my my capacity isn't there. Maybe I'm just not, you know, woke
1: enough or whatever. Um, but yeah. that's Although, from, from the kid' perspective. It's impossible. That, that and that's the thing. Is it keeps coming impossible. back. to it's, it's like it's like it's and it's not just because it's like it's not like psychoanalysts are like oh we we did it. It's like you know it's it's to be a subject to be a, to be a creature of language is to and it's but it's not a negative thing the lack is not a negative thing it's just to go you'll have desires to and the desire to meditate or the desire to you know watch tv like to desire is actually a really positive thing and when you desire you desire because you lack you, you want something because yeah. you don't have it. And um, actually, there is a way to not desire and it's death. Sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah, death. yeah, death. I mean, sleep is maybe a, a little taste of that, yeah. you know. So we will get back to that. Life is a detour between death, two deaths, you know. Yeah. So, and, um, you know, so in this detour of desire, we're, um, you know, you know, that we're desiring creatures, but sometimes it's negative, sometimes it's positive. And, so, and you say sometimes we get relief from it. I mean, you're not you know you're not thinking about what you yeah. want all the time but
0: i mean yeah uh, i kind of go into my it happened again today where it was the same thing that happened a couple of weeks ago where i was like sad and i was like i feel bad but mo-, like mopey or whatever and uh and i was like well i haven't been exercising i've been taking care of myself i haven't been i've been completely consumed with like personal matters and so but then even in all that i don't know man i still have a pretty good time yeah, I still enjoy life. Yeah, but maybe but that's a here, Here's the thing:
1: in, in analysis, the idea is that you can have a good life. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's I should, you, know, you should disclaim
0: that every yeah, once in a while. I should say that. Throw There'll that be, in. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's unusual, and a lot of analysts, were, you know, are surprised that you know when 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 their patients are able to have a good life. But it is it is in there that it's possible. to but but the point is, it's possible. Insofar as you can learn to enjoy your desire and your lack and all of that, but here here's an interesting. I don't in fact I'm liking where we're going in this. It's going a different direction from where I was imagining. So well, we, we, we could get, get probably no but we could probably get a couple episodes out of Let's this. Let's see what happens. Because, you know, you were saying about this guy Damien. I actually know Damien, so I'm wondering if it's the same guy. But so Damien says, you know, like to some people, uh, you know, you might appear to be the a other. In my line of work, um, that's partly basically human beings have a often a tendency to want a guru, transference, you know, whenever you're young, you think your mother or your father is a god, right, that they, they know everything, and often when we're disillusioned, we're not disillusioned enough, we think, oh, our mom and dad doesn't know everything, but we can often tr- do what's called transference, and we look for somebody else who can give us the answers, someone else who mm. knows everything. And not just an expert, you know, because there's lots of experts, but someone who actually knows the desires of your heart, someone who actually knows how to make your life whole. And human beings, whether, as I say, it's a guru, like a, like a new age guru or, you know, Scientology or whatever it is, people look to someone who in a weird way can give them the answer. And, And in psychoanalysis, and I don't do psychoanalysis, but in my work which where I sometimes help people unpick unhealthy religious pasts i have to take that transference on so people might think oh wow. i have
0: the answer Pete, this is good shit is let's, I, keep, oh yeah, let's okay, keep hearing okay. yeah this is good shit keep it coming oh my yeah. goodness
1: so somebody so people kind of go like oh you might have the answer you this is this is the truth right you know I, and they get into my work and maybe they're going oh maybe this is going to mm. alleviate and i take that on but the idea is that i want to be the last guru as in, I want to be the guru who exposes that there is no guru, that there's like it's all bullshit, right? But but in order to do that, you have to you take have to the go trans- to Vegas a lot, and you have, have to-, to gamble all your money away. I'll yeah. get you there. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll I'll destroy we'll every illusion of yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I do a good enough job myself, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you you take on the the transference, and then you end the transference by very gradually showing that that. What it's actually the transference that's the problem. It's the looking for the guru that's the problem. Yeah. So that's why I call it the last guru. Uh, is that there has to there's you have to find someone who takes the transference on, but who doesn't then milk it and you know become get you know get their private jet from yep. it, but takes it on purely to finish it, to be the last guru to break transference completely, um, and that 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 for me is a a theological rule is uh, we're all looking for, many of us are looking for some guru and we need people who help us break that desire. Have you, um, I'm so, I loved everything you said and I apologize
0: for yawning directly (laughs) after you finish your statement, but, um, it is late, but, um, Wow. Yeah. I actually felt like saying amen there for a second before you got all narcissistic. And I'm so sick of you talking about yourself on this podcast. All the time. All the time. It's like, you know what? You can keep something in. You can actually keep something in if you try every once in a while. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. It's very interesting to hear you talk about your perception, your public perception. That's a very rare thing. So I appreciated you. I appreciate you. You. Sharing that yeah, because it, it, it it's shows self awareness,
1: but it's it's a difficult thing because and the reason why I don't talk about personal stuff very often is because mm-hmm. the nature of the work means that you have to allow people to do transference onto you. So the less people know about you, the easier it is to transfer hatred or love or whatever onto mm-hmm. you, and then and then it's the easier it is to kind of help the person through that. But but so that's why again like in Ooh, therapy. Wow, I,
0: sorry, go oh, ahead. No, go, go Look. This is an interesting point. I wonder if that might be sort of if you were to distill the differences in what we do or what we seem to do or at least even not even on a professional level if you take the titles of what we do but just in, in how we both function. But like my tendency is to share pretty much everything or as much yeah. as I can share without harming or inconveniencing somebody else. Whereas in 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 doing that in an effort to to hopefully heighten relatability and heighten yeah um you know people going like oh yeah that that weird thing that that guy that i'm experiencing that guy also experienced so that that's one that but you do this you your goal is kind of the same which is to make people feel like in a like a, a sigh of relief like oh there's someone i can point to there's someone who makes me feel less alone but you do it by way of um sort of omission which is great it's so cool because it makes total sense because you're right people are looking to people do look to you and go peter rollins writer of this book this book this book this book and your books are fantastic they're very good which you don't talk we don't really talk about but your books are fantastic and so you have that kind of like thing and they're objectively good too but you don't harp on them. You don't walk around going, look at all these books that I wrote that are so good. And but you maintain this sort of like thing that people are like, oh, Peter writes these books and he lives in Los Angeles and all this stuff. And he you know, he it's so yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah. a cool I think it's really cool. I think it shed I think we just shed some light on the dynamic of this podcast as a whole and I appreciate
1: uh, that. That's good. I, you know what there is a I there's a free talk I did and it's online called The Last Guru for anyone who wants to go a bit deeper, where I talk about this entire process, cool. but, it, but it, for me, it's important that for for the the type of work that I do, yeah, that, you know, one sense, the, the more of a blank slate you are, the more people can project. But the thing is, it, and it's not important in this, because this is a more personal kind of podcast, I want it to be more personal, but sure. um, in the when you're working with a community, you want, it's not a conscious thing, people don't consciously, transfer transference isn't conscious it's unconscious that people we all do it we we put things on the other people they become like our mothers or fathers or siblings but in in the profession uh of say psychoanalysis the idea is you use that in order to break it mm-hmm. and <laughs> um, to kind of help people end transference or negative transference um, did you yeah. watch i'm not your guru
0: the um tony robbins yeah thing i did i thought it was quite
1: interesting yeah. he's an interesting character yeah, yeah. Um,
0: i like a lot of tony robbins i like all that stuff of it for 20 minutes at a time you yeah know? i i enjoy it but only because it's like i do it a la carte and i
1: don't yeah. take I, I mean i, I find thing. that dimension interesting like he uh you know there's certain th- he's a smart guy and he he doesn't want to talk about himself like mm-hmm. and he said at the end like he's going like you know this documentary is not about me because when you watch it you go like oh it's not about his personal life and he's basically going yeah because who cares like i'm not there to get people to like me i'm not I, like i'm there to try to help facilitate a change mm-hmm. now i i've definitely got criticisms about how I, maybe maybe he goes about that but but actually i find i was much more sympathetic to him from watching that and and i i saw at the very end i really liked what he said because i realized like he does not care he's not wanting to be everybody's friend i think genuinely you know he wants to uh you take what yeah take
0: what i have to say and and
1: use it to the best of your ability to
0: improve your own life but also i'm content in my life and don't need you as a I'm not going to be your best friend yeah. Yes, yes. That's, that's not his job Is he, yeah, I'm not yeah.
1: your guru. It's just the whole title of the thing, which is what was clever how it ended. It was going like, it, it answered the question of why, you mm-hmm. know, he said, I'm not you know, your guru. I mean, like the the, the main thing that I would want to kind of think about with Tony Robbins is just how much you can facilitate a radical transformation in that short a period of time. You can do it. I mean, hypnosis, you can do it with hypnosis, but um, I don't think it's lasting. That's the problem is like when you have a massive personality and, and Tony Robbins has a massive personality, you can basically overtake someone's ego. You can kind of control it. Um, you can, through sheer force of your personality, say to someone, stop drinking, stop smoking, stop, you know, change your life. And, and in pe- that moment, they're like, I'm done drinking yeah, forever. I'm absolutely. Done. And and maybe for weeks but the more they distance themselves from that voice the more they will tend to go back to something so they'll have to keep you know listening to the courses and keep coming back to it whereas um the you know i mean i'm i, mean, I the, the kind of work that i do it's like uh, it's a lot slower but the idea is it it lasts mm-hmm. it really lasts so it, it's again it's a difference between cuz anyone can do this like there's certain people who they just want a strong authority figure to like just look them in the eyes and basically take over their ego, become their super ego. And, and, and it's got a really powerful cathartic experience, but, but how do we change over time? Yeah. And I think that takes a long time. That's the sad thing. I don't think there's any short, I, there are moments and they're, they're called events. There are moments when I think radical change can happen, but um, you know, I don't think it's through sheer force of another's will.
0: I think sometimes it can only in conjunction with whatever yeah. else is going on in that yeah, person's yeah. life. Like it wouldn't surprise me if there are so many testimonials of like I quit drinking twenty five years ago after seeing Tony Robbins when he was eleven years old or whatever. Like the like I think there's some that stuff could happen, but I don't think it happens in a vacuum. Yeah, like I don't think yeah. it's because he got up and had a light show and played you know yeah
1: because because uh, change could like this happened to me because i did psychoanalysis as a, I, I I went to Remember an analyst patient, yeah, yeah it was an analyze and or patient you know. analyze and, and yeah that's yeah, nice, a technical cool term word, analyze yeah. and yeah um so i and i was an analyze and for like a couple of years and i did it for a few reasons one is because i use it in my work so i wanted to experience it from the inside but also i'd moved from the U, from ireland to the us and I went from like living like in this the, one of the poorest areas in, in in Ireland to one of the wealthiest places in the world because I was uh, lent this beautiful house by this very generous family because mm. of this foundation. But that actually was a very traumatic experience. So it really messed me up. You know, I was removed from everything, recontextualized it's, entirely. Well, it was like winning the lottery.
0: An, yeah, it's an impossible to imagine scenario. Yes,
1: and so it was an incredible experience. Very important for my life work. But on a personal level, um, I engage in psychoanalysis. But the interesting thing is, it's like you know, it's like the French Revolution, it's like you, you only know if it was effective hundreds of years later, we still don't know. You know, it's like, yep. at the time, I was like, I don't think this has worked. It's only now years later that I think that actually it worked in a very profound way. So it's the cool. opposite of a big change. It's almost like at the time you think nothing has changed, but you look back and go, oh, Actually, the the change in my life was, it wasn't this bells and whistles. It was just this weird shift that I didn't even notice myself. Um, and, I, you know, that, and it doesn't always happen like that, but that is a, a more long-lasting type of change.
0: That's very cool. Yeah. Dude, what a great story. Yeah, I feel the closest I can relate to that is uh, a sudden and immediate pop of internet fame during which I was torrentially hated and i think right. that for some reason i look back on that and i reference and sometimes i think it did affect me in some very lasting way but it was one of those situations where i was like ah, i'm fine
1: oh this yeah, is what yeah. It, is.
0: it sucks it's weird but whatever and but now looking back on it uh it's like i feel like it it set in motion a a dynamic of me clawing and sort of being like constantly worrying that i'm not good enough and then all that so that was a
1: negative event really i was a negative Uh, experience
0: oddly enough my introduction to the idea of fame was in fact mostly negative (laughs) (laughs) which you never hear about but yeah Yeah. it was it's because it was also an insane thing that happened like i got very lucky but also you know whatever i did my thing and it worked out but like i it definitely um it had lasting negative effects in in the midst of becoming um a a target of so much jealousy by people who I didn't know it was so strange like yeah. if I look back on it because I had got I got this insane opportunity to work with Joe Beretta and Lee Newton and who I didn't know and we all meshed together in this really weird profound weird way but then I think it was sort of like I was the odd man out and everyone was like, what is this kid doing here when he, you know, what he doesn't belong with these these great guys, yeah. you know, Joe being sort of the prototypical alpha male and then Lee being sort of funny chick and then me being this weird sort of try hard guy. And so anyway, all this stuff sort of happened at the same time where it was like, the height of my success was coupled with professional, uh, so much professional anxiety and so, such a jarring sense of like, like, my ego, despite being inflated, was being shot down the entire time. It was yeah. really weird, sort of, like... And I wonder... I think it's, like, when you, when you get a... Um, you're in, like, a loud concert, and then you leave, and everything is just, like... The silence is just so whatever. It's, like, it felt a little bit like that. It felt like all of a sudden it was, like, this is so loud, so weird, and I'm trying to process all of it. And then when it was done, it was just sort of, like now i'm less affected by loud noises so okay. when oh, yeah. numbers so, pop when when yeah. success happens i don't care that much like i don't so the fantasy of the non-castrated other being on me doesn't make any sense because i'm just okay. like, I don't know yeah because
1: yeah because yeah, i better. hear like there's two elements like one is there is a uh there is the element of like a, a very radical change in your life so you kind of suddenly you're 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 in front of you know potentially millions of people mm-hmm. and that's so that's a very much a, like a, an immediate kind of very much an experience, good or bad. Very weird, very, very weird. weird yeah. But then, then there's this, yeah, other dimension you're saying, this very gradual uh, freedom that came from it. Because that's that, that, yeah. that, 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 what came from, like the type of change I'm talking about is the type of change where you gradually are freed from the fantasy that there is some perfect Thing, or perfect person who, you know, has everything you don't and you can have that if you work hard. Enough. But very gradually, you're just free from that fantasy. It's called traversing the fantasy. So you traverse that fantasy, you're freed from that fantasy. You still have fantasy. Of course. But, but the difference is this, right? When, I, I maybe, I think we did, I'm not sure if we did talk about this or not. I talked about it recently in, yeah, a, in a talk I did. But, you know, if you... Um, only
0: we can remember what we've talked about yes. nobody else and nobody
1: else will yeah give a shit. Yeah. but it definitely was in a talk I was giving not this um, but that the the difficult is when we have fantasies you know if whatever the fantasy is uh, we often kind of think oh if only I could have that fantasy whether you're fantasizing about some sexual thing or just about having lots of money or whatever you fantasize you go like if only I had it it would be wonderful yeah. right when you traverse the fantasy you realize that oh getting that would have its own problems like it wouldn't be perfect but it doesn't mean you don't still fantasize about it it's just now you're not driven by it so for example you might fantasize um, winning the lottery and you might go which we did talk about and you go like and that's great you can fantasize about it but then you can also say yeah but really uh, you know it would be good but it wouldn't it wouldn't fix everything and it might even be awful right and then that allows you to not like frantically buy lottery tickets all the time, and and think about it all the time, and like be depressed. So you still have the fantasy of winning, but you also hold the fantasy with a grain of salt. And a lot of sexual fantasies are the same, by the way. People have sexual fantasies that they wouldn't really want to live out. Yeah. But but sometimes you think, oh, I want to live these sexual fantasies out. But you go like, well, no. Sometimes fantasies are good but you know they're fantasies yeah
0: well first of all pete i've seen my sexual fantasies and i definitely want to live them out (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: but yeah i think what you're saying is is real good i it for some reason this popped in my mind and and of course that means it must be of value but probably not Mm. uh there is also i think all of this is in the context of kind of being okay or having some sense of wellness i think in your life uh, and i only say that because well like like there are people i know who their lives are so it's like you have this sort of life of like mundaneness i think that's kind of what we're talking about we're kind of like presupposing a certain level of the person listening thinking that they're and so i'm i'm only thinking about people who are down in the dumps and then they hear the story of the non-castrated other and they're like, oh, the, the fantasy of what I want. It could feel defeating. My fear is that it would feel defeating for somebody to be like, oh, even the dream I want of this, this, and this isn't worth it because I'm still going to be lacking because, you know, this, da, 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 which is true, but I my fear is that what happens is people get so bogged down and they're so low at times. People go through phases and dips or whatever. And so then they hear this story of like, Oh, like, even if I get it, it won't work. And so I would only, I guess I'm only throwing that out there yeah. because... But the,
1: pro- the problem is... The, but the problem is... Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, you yeah. don't like this. Yeah, no, this no, 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 no. Because the, the issue is that that it's it's freedom. Like, it's this fantasy that is so depressing. That's why the more a country gives... Well, the more a group whatever group it is, believes in something that will fulfill them, the more violent they will be, because you scapegoat. If you don't have it, you blame other people. Or the more depressed you'll be for not getting it. The idea is like, when you're depressed, a lot of people are depressed because they don't get the thing that they think will make you whole and complete. Mm -hmm. To be freed from that fantasy is positive because to be freed from the fantasy allows you to still mm-hmm. fantasize mm-hmm. and enjoy your desire yep. so the the, the idea yep. is that actually the more the the, the the good news that you can be whole and complete is bad news sure, sure. and the yep. bad yes. news that you can't be is good, is news. good news. i get
0: it. i love yep. that but i think what are the things where it's like By the
1: way, but it's also not understanding i think that's what you're thinking because you're, you're talking about people thinking this isn't about thinking because it's about it's about whether existentially you're free from it
0: right and so i would venture to say that the existential sense of freedom can't be obtained if you aren't currently experiencing a baseline level of being provided for what are the things of like shelter food and and warmth yeah, or whatever basic human needs yeah the basic uh, yeah, like what Maslov's what like if you can't pay what is it yeah i don't
1: know i kind of i mean it's a basic very basic idea of like just basic shelter and food what and, was the you
0: word you said that, that you kind of i think up. i
1: think it was a psychologist um something like Mas- uh, maslow i think maslow's hierarchy of needs I yeah think. But I probably i don't want to say in case i got that wrong but it's i a, guess yeah. in my experience the fantasy of
0: of attaining financial security and all that stuff is not an empty one. <laughs> yeah. Like not as not wealth and not riches or anything like that. But I, I, I think about the frenetic nature of like, I have a friend who I, I view as being very down in the dumps and very just like, he's buried. Like he's just, he's, he's buried by life. And I, my heart goes out to him. and It's very sad. It's, it's very tough. And I try to say whatever I can, but when you're that buried and then you hear, that that which you're striving for can't fulfill you i worry that that isn't productive only because certain if you're that buried you can't appreciate the nuance of what well, you're if
1: you're you're totally like you I mean you don't have to agree with this at all like so you can kind of go like there is something that can make you you there is there is a non straight other but if you go with the idea that there is a fundamental distortion to subjectivity then you have to go that that is a fantasy and it is actually the Whoa. fantasy that's destructive deep shit dude. yeah but but the point is like if you have your friend who's you know buried and whatever you just debated I, me well i don't know I'm just, I'm just saying like yeah i'm kind of like pushing back in a yeah, sense yeah that's like, good but, but i'm pushing back in a sense of this is not you because, built on it because though. it's a good. conversation where where it stays at a certain superficial level but no, it's like important this. This to is me it is important but it's a good like i i you know and i'm probably rubbish at saying this but it's like no the idea of having fantasies and desires is like it's fundamentally good like it's fundamentally good but the idea is that and this is like enjoy your desires, enjoy the struggles, but don't. um But so traversing the fantasy you know doesn't mean getting rid of the fantasy. Of course, it I, doesn't mean kind of like giving up on your desires. It means realizing that desire itself is enjoyable.
0: I think. Yeah, I think where we're really missing where we're. We're not, we're not, uh, we're crossing wires here a little bit. I think is the difference between desire and need. And I'm talking about when people are not having their needs met, then that's what I'm talking about. I know, Does that, but makes, I think, yeah, yeah,
1: because it's just, just because I think you, it's very hard to parse those out, like in a sense of, like in a very basic sense, like can you eat every day? Yes. Do you have shelves? So, at a very, very basic level. But for most of us, um, it's like it's very hard to parse out need and desire sure. like you know so um
0: i would say sh- i would say making sure your bills are paid and you're able to provide for yourself is yeah a need for most people and yes. some even if it's not physical on some psychological level you need to know that you can take care of stuff but that's getting into the which is what what initially popped in my head i was
1: in a huge amount of debt at one stage in Ireland, it didn't bother me at all. Like, like again, not not for any good or bad reason. It's just because. So I know what you're saying. Like, if you live in a place where literally you cannot eat, or you're going to be homeless, yeah. In, in you're in America, you go, yeah. That that is. Oh, totally. That's a total. Issue. But you're saying maybe those people aren't. No, I'm not saying. I'm not podcast. saying anything. Was it? Mean, yeah, but yeah. All I'm saying is that um, I don't know who your friend is, but I'm sure. thinking maybe dear friend is it's there? are are more psychological it things going on that that are yeah yeah so, but i but you're right like if yeah you have to have your basic needs met but i would say like um uh our society runs on trying to make you anxious so whenever i was in lots of debt you'd get letters and phone calls oh you've seen and yeah. you, all of this and so all of that's designed to try to make you feel anxious but if you just are able to libidinally disinvest from that, then there's no anxiety. So the anxiety, is, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a weird kind of thing, but it's still a real problem because eventually it can bite you in the ass.
0: It is. It is. So, yeah. You also there's a, a. I would venture to say a difference between libidin, libidinally disinteresting yourself is that you say or disinvesting disinvesting. Yourself, disinvesting. Yeah. So libidinally disinvesting. And engaging in denial about the anxieties that those
1: yes, things actually. Yes, yes. And actually, in in light of what you're saying, like I know, a hundred percent, you know, debt is a real anxiety-producing thing. Well, it I'm all is it, terrible.
0: The only reason I brought that up solely was because I don't. I feel like, and may, and I'm really interested to hear what you have to say this because I feel like there is always better you can always do a little better i would yeah. venture to say you would agree with that doesn't mean you'll get there but you, you can achieve potential is not unless you're disagreeing with
1: yeah i don't i i i my favorite like, thing is I when i see the look on your this. face when you're know, like hey, here he goes again. i think this is <laughs> yeah i think this is what we need to be freed from genuinely now that doesn't mean that that you don't have ambitions you don't have like desires but absolutely why have
0: ambitions if you if there's nothing if there's literally no way you
1: can get better but that that's what i mean i'm trying to kind of say that right basically you have two different types of religion you have religion that says you can have what you desire you know heaven wholeness completeness or religions that say you need to get rid of your desire Free yourself from desire, yeah. right? Eastern. Yeah. So yeah, and yeah, well so Western religions tend towards the, the hedonistic principle, the pleasure principle, and Eastern religions tend towards reality principle, but but not but not exclusively. So like Zen Buddhism is a bit different, etc. You know, but but yeah, you're right. Those those are tendencies, and what what I'm trying to argue is that the existential idea is that 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 there's a there's a synthesis of the two there's a there's a there's a move forward and the move forward is this is that you do have fantasies and desires but you weirdly enjoy the struggle and you live in what's called the absurd you live in you live in that in mm-hmm. that struggle itself so i am not like in fact if i am so not going with desire is bad my goodness i'm not i'm weirdly saying desire is good but don't ever think that you can fulfill it. So Lacan had this incredible saying, right? I think it gets it if I can. It's it's complicated, but he basically says, "Do not yield to your desire. Do not yield to your desire." And you can read it in two ways. So, well, the first way is like a car: don't yield, as in, if 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 your desire is going past, don't stop. Just you know, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And the second reading is the opposite. Do, do not yield to your desire, which is so. One is basically don't stop yeah. your desire, and one
0: is definitely and definitely
1: stop. Yield, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, um, and uh, and that's the kind of weird thing is like what you want to do is you want to keep your desire going by not always trying to fulfill it. Yeah, that weirdly kind of living in that space.
0: I would. I would. What do you think about this? Right. I'm going to throw this okay. out there. Because we're on. We're getting
1: there. So we're, we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Back in,
0: yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, the desire that you have.
1: Yeah. You have a
0: desire to write a book. Yeah. You're going to write a book and you're, you're, you've been thinking about it. You feel like you have a book in you. You're, you've always wanted to do that. You want to be somebody you want to maybe try to get a published. maybe publish. it. On yeah. Your own, all that, all that shit. And then you do it. You finish the book. Yeah. It feels really good.
1: No, well, I, that's that's exactly what I'm trying to free it from. Is that it doesn't? Well, or I don't think it should. Well, it's like of course they're getting, Like I just finished this graphic novel, right? The enjoy all the enjoyment was in the making of it. All the enjoy like so. Whenever it came out, it was a total the climax. And we only did 500 copies, and it just was gone. You know. But that's the thing. Is like it's the sold enjoyment. Out. Was this writing? Was that oh, gone? Because it sold out really quickly. <laughs> well, yeah, it was only five hundred here, yeah. but yeah. Um, but it was like so. I what I'm I I think you're right in that. That's how most of us are made to feel. Most of us keep thinking that there's a better and there's something we can get. And I and I'm saying that that enjoy your fantasy, but traverse it. But don't the the way to kind of escape the the frenetic pursuit of more 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 is not to give up your desire but to kind of like um enjoy it if i'm being completely candid and
0: not trying to just like poke holes in your whatever i agree entirely like i don't like there's no real debate because but my mentality is usually like i want to do this if i accomplish this i'll feel good and then the moment i feel good i get really excited because i know it's going to leave and I get to go do something else. Yeah. But But I don't get I don't go, Oh, I finished this and therefore look at me. I did such a great thing. I don't go, Oh, I did a thing and it got, it was successful. I can rest now. I know that the lack is around the corner and knowing that makes me go like, well, this is exciting. Now I get the, the, the sense that there's something more is coming. And I do think that, that the coming to, actual comfort with the sense of like i'm always going to want more in some way i don't i don't mind that like i don't mind i don't think it it certainly doesn't not motivate me i think if anything it does motivate me but i enjoy the sort of like cyclical nature of all of it but i do think there's something to be said about that pop of satisfaction that comes with the sense of accomplishment
1: i guess the reason why it kind of like i keep we're keep you know revolving around yeah well it's because i believe that uh, our contemporary, let's call it, uh, epoch, right, Ooh, um, nice. is um, is about excess. It's about we are driven. Lot know that there is a drive for excess, for having something, and we see it in relationships. We see it in uh, the economy. There's a drive for excess, and there is a notion in philosophy that that there is a, a possible epoch or a possible way of being which is not, does not revolve around excess, but revolves around lack, and that this actually would lead to a healthier society. And so an example is AA. An example is AA where most communities gather together around we have the truth, or we have the answer, or you know at least we have something good, right? So whenever you gather together, because you, know, you, you think the same, maybe politically, maybe philosophically, right? So you're all unified in something you share. In AA, you are unified by something you share, but it's a shared lack. As in you're, you're going like, yeah, my life's a bit crap, right? And then you, you share that in a circle, in a place of radical acceptance, of grace, right? You're accepted for that lack. And that form of collective in which you are unified in your lack is potentially a healthier type of community than a community that is centered around uh, uh, what we have in common or what we want and our excess. So there, without getting too political, um, there is a notion that there is a way to imagine a future society in which we, just like love, I don't know if we talked about this before, but love is in a sense, Lacan says, desiring what you lack In, or desiring the lack of the other. So when you love someone, you mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you take on their weakness and you, you enjoy it and you accept it and they take on your weakness. So w- whenever you're looking for someone to fulfill you, someone who's amazing and funny and fantastic, it, it may, it's not really love. It can be something but it's, and it's wonderful. But the moment when you want the other's lack, um, that's when it really becomes real, real yeah. love. And
0: that's so beautiful. Yeah.
1: And then you enjoy the lack. So that's why Lacan said love is giving is is giving something. What's up? Sorry. Love is. I want to get this right. Uh, giving something you do not have to someone who does not want it. So what you give is you give your lack. So and nobody wants that, mm, <laughs> you know. Yeah, initially, so yeah, you give sucks. what you do not have to someone who does not want it. But in love we do we enjoy that exchange Mm -hmm. so that's why i keep going back is that there's i think a concern that that we're always looking for some excess and it's and it's it's devastating for us yeah and is it possible to have a community where we gather together around a lack and that's what the last supper is for example in religion you know you're gathered around the death of god or in burning man when they burn the man you're unified Mm -hmm. around the shared lack of destruction so there are communities that can do it. But, you know, anyway. Man.
0: Well, I really liked that, Pete. I had a great time. I love this. This is fun. This yeah. Is, this
1: is the kind of conversation we need to do more often. because, like, uh, I don't know, know what
0: we were arguing about, but, man, yeah. it got
1: heated for sure. I know. And I, I know why it got heated in my head. So it's right. Like, it's because, and it's, it's good devil's advocate you're doing. And I could be wrong, but the reason why is because, and I could be completely wrong you know but but i do believe and think that that the more we try to the more we're caught up in this notion of a non-castrated other or, or a fantasy that that if we got it everything would be wonderful i think the more damaging and destructive it is and what what we need to do is somehow find freedom traverse the fantasy find freedom from the fantasy so that we can still desire but we weirdly, um, uh, we, like, it's like the, lot, the lottery is a perfect example. It's like you buy your $2 ticket and you kind of fantasize about what you'd like to do, but you don't really care. And and as I say, it, you might go, I might even wreck my life, right? But you, you have the fantasy. But to the person who buys the lottery ticket and they're like, oh, my God, I need to get, this is my way out. This is my way to a better life. Yep. If that's the case they are going to buy more and more lottery tickets, and it's just gonna damage their life more
0: yeah i think I think where we kind of deviated was my it sounds like what you're saying and what you're you're kind of propagating mm-hmm. is a what you would say is universal to kind of the human condition yeah. like which is kind of how we started and then i i where it went haywire I think was when I said, yeah but Not for people who it just really sucks for right now, yeah. And then and then you were like, no, it's for them too. Like I think I think you have a message that, or you're trying to get your message to the people who are also down in the dumps. And I'm sitting there going, well, what about my friend who's down in the dumps? Maybe he doesn't need to hear that what he's striving for won't ultimately fulfill him. Um, And you're sitting there going, no, the very fact that it won't fulfill him is what my free hand. And it's
1: uh, yeah, and it's not even like it's more social. I'm talking about it's the reason why. So the reason why so many people are are broke and in the system is because like so i've said it before but it's like the losers lose doubly but even the winners lose so it with the the people who win in terms of like the you know the dream of having all of the money you know that doesn't fix the the trauma that is life right but you still get a nicer shower and you don't have the anxiety of money and all of that so that's great but the losers lose doubly because not only do you not get, you know, a, a standard of living that is acceptable. Not only do you have to live in anxiety and debt, you also have to live with this um, fantasy that oh, every, you know, if you could only get to this place yeah. and everything would be great. And and I think it's just it's all intertwined. Like if 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 we had a massive change which is hard to imagine. I think we have to do it in communities, small communities. But if we had a massive change um, in the way we perceive uh, value, um, I think that, you know, people's uh, material circumstances would change. So societies yeah. that maybe are less caught up in the non-castrated other um, potentially are healthier societies. Well, this is such a good
0: clarification because when you're talking
1: about societally, that
0: really does change things. It sounds almost like a... Uh, cop out a little bit because it's like oh i'm not, I'm not talking about individuals what i'm talking about as a society but what you're saying is when you actually talk about society you affect individuals just
1: yeah yeah in,
0: in a a more arduous way which yeah. is a different podcast episode
1: and there is and there is one bit of good news for the the people who lose doubly maybe you mentioned this this is this is good it's like the one bit of good news is right when you're so forced out of the fantasy right when, when you're so excluded from it maybe you're uh, in prison maybe you're homeless maybe maybe you're uh, you know you, you've got a sexual identity that's not accepted mm-hmm. whatever it is right you're you are excluded from society um, what can happen is you can actually form communities that are freed from the fantasy because you've been so excluded from it and you see the violence of it and you are a direct result of the violence of it you know you're circumstances are a direct result of the the disavowed violence of this fantasy and so what happens is even amidst all of the horribleness your community can can find a joy and a way of relating that is healthier and better you're talking about west hollywood is that right uh
0: yeah i mean west hollywood is like a superior city in los angeles and it's you know were the boys? It's because the because of the boys. The boys came in. The boys they, came in. The yeah, that's like the phrase I think that they that some of the locals use about West Hollywood.
1: But yeah, in the eighties, when the, oh, West so it was Hollywood, the gay it, community. Super gay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well yeah, that's exactly, exactly what gay, I was thinking about. It. Well, this is a great example of what I'm. Yeah, that was. I thought that was because I'm not from America. I don't know, but I was thinking oh, was it the gay thing because yes, that's with, the gay thing. Yeah. There, there's an interesting thing there. Yeah, whenever like the gay community was like excluded. Um, from marriage, excluded from the the traditions of, like the tradition of marriage is a good example, is that that in one sense, you're so forced out of that, that you find other ways to do relationships Mm -hmm. that are probably better. So whenever, for example, it became a point where the church was saying, oh, will we let people who are gay get married? You go, well, okay, that's great. Everybody should be able to go to that table, get married if they want. But maybe we have to overturn the table and maybe the radical question is for the for the religious community to go to the, the gay communities and say, do you know how to do relationships better than us? Because mm-hmm. marriage is in crisis. Like we are we are really screwed up. And uh, actually, you guys, because you were forced out because you were and, and, uh, that, and you got the violence of us. So it was horrible. And we admit and we're sorry. But it looks like you in the midst of that maybe find better ways to do relationships and, and we could learn from you so there's this interesting thing where the excluded other can sometimes be the site of real transformation and real revelation but weirdly because they've been so excluded from the inside and the crap of the inside that they find better ways to be Ladies and
0: gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Fundamental but
1: do you have anything else you want to say? No, do you that's, want to do- uh, that's yeah. I was happy with it. I don't you know, need a take.
0: Like- I think that's beautiful. I really enjoyed that. Thanks, Pete. This is fun. Wonderful. I unless you have something no, else. I, I ain't think good. that
1: did we do takeaways? We, we didn't, but
0: te- I have nothing to take
1: away. Yeah. I mean I got a pack. I know you got a pack, you gotta yeah.
0: My this- brain's kinda shot. That might be my takeaway. I do you have I a takeaway? No, I'm good. You that's, just that's ended up a- Well, let's let's talk for five more minutes about how we're done. And then that'll be the podcast. All right, <laughs> bye everybody.